Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Dom That's True. Of course, I am joined here by my very handsome co-host, Owen Dom. Owen, how are you doing? What's up, Truman? How's it going? Week 18. Let's get it. Week 18, yeah. The first postseason episode of Dom That's True. Pretty exciting stuff. Pretty first exciting NFL stuff. NFL postseason. Remember we did NHL, don't forget. Oh, God, I don't even want to think about the NHL postseason. <laughs> thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for reminding me of that pain. <laughs> and just a reminder, guys, after, after, uh, after the NFL postseason, this does turn back into a hard po- hockey podcast. I hope everybody's hyped and ready for that. We're going to get you into the NHL and everything else. But we're going to talk the NFL postseason. And it's the week 18. It's uh, the first epi- oh the first episode of Dom That's True for 2021. Uh, it is, yeah. I know technically I didn't put the Spotify link out for the last episode until 2021. But this will be the first actual recorded in 2021 episode. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I am... You know, happy to be back. Excited to excited to be here, Owen. Excited to get a chance to talk about all the playoff teams in the NFL this weekend, uh, and most importantly, you know, those Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, yeah, man. Happy to join you. We're both being from KC, so uh, so let's kind of let's kind of get into it, Owen. I want to talk. We're going to talk a little bit about the Chiefs. Obviously, the Chiefs don't play this week. They were uh, the best team in the NFL this year, and they uh, earned a bye week in the AFC. The only bye week in the AFC. Uh, Green Bay Packers getting the other bye week in the NFC there. We've got six playoff games this week as the NFL just started their expanded format. So my question is, we've got to talk about the Chiefs. And now that we know that the playoff field is set, who's your biggest threat to the to the Chiefs in the AFC? So I'm. Th- this might come out of left field, and it's you know ironic considering my opinions on certain quarterbacks that play for this team. But I'm honestly most scared of the Baltimore Ravens. Just because I feel like the Chiefs' run defense still leaves something to desired, and that's the team in the AFC that runs the ball the best out of everybody. And uh, that's not to say that I'm really that scared. I'm not. I think that the Chiefs are about a TCB and smack everybody with home field advantage. I think they are going to do it. But, you know, the question – that wasn't the question. The question was, who, who am I most scared of? And that, that team is currently – the very hot Baltimore Ravens. Um, and this is something what we're gonna do. We're gonna do an NFL rapid fire. We're gonna do. Uh, we we did it uh, for those who were listening early in the season. We did a thirty minute seg or thirty second uh, summary of every division in, in the NFL at the beginning of the season and gave our winners. We're gonna do a one minute prediction for all the playoff games later on. And we'll t- and I guess I guess this is my time to t- talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, Trevor, real quick, though, real quick, but before you get into it. Oh, uh, okay, okay, I'd okay. like to congratulate you on picking the worst of first correctly with the Washington football team. I did it. I did it. I picked the worst division in football and picked the best defense inside that division, and they went worst to first. Uh, yes, the Washington football team was my pick at the beginning of the season to go worst to first. Uh, but, yeah, like, I've watched uh, – about the Baltimore Ravens, I've watched – uh, I watched a video on it today about how the Baltimore run attack is good. And it's good. Uh, adding J.K. Dobbins adds that little extra layer where, you know, when the Chiefs would go and add a, add a wide receiver in the draft, when they added McCole Hardman, everyone's like, Jesus Christ, fucking stop, please. Uh, please stop doing this. Uh, basically, J.K. Dobbins was that to the Baltimore Ravens. They obviously had an amazing run defense anyways, but they were able to add on in the draft, adding J.K. Dobbins, even though they had Mark Ingram and the best running quarterback in football, Lamar Jackson. Well, 
whether you like Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson more, they're different types of runners aiming for different goals. But Lamar Jackson is technically probably the best runner, uh, quarterback runner in the NFL. Uh, but, you know, they've only... They won five of their last... Five, five in a row. They won five in a row to end off the season. So they're hot. But they only beat one playoff team during that stretch. They beat the Cleveland Browns. And if you remember that Cleveland Browns game... It was an incredibly close affair. We saw Trace McSorley for a little bit while Lamar Jackson had to go take a poop in the locker room. It was very <laughs> interesting, very exciting. I believe it was a Monday night game, correct? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, very exciting game. Uh, Baltimore ended up winning it, coming out on top in a, in a shootout that barely avoided overtime with a 55-yarder from Justin Tucker at the with like two right. seconds left, yeah. I want to say. Uh, but... You know, they've only beat one playoff team during that run, which was the Cleveland Browns. And they've only beat two playoff teams all, all year. Uh, and that's a little, that's a weird thing about this whole weekend, is there's only two teams that play this weekend that have beat more than two playoff teams this year. Really? Yes. Can you name them? Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Why no, no, they play, this, play, this, play, play this weekend. Uh, so that's going to have to be Tennessee because they beat the Colts. And oh, and this the, one, we're talking this, AFC or NFC? AFC. Uh, okay, only the AFC. Uh, beat the playoffs team. So, I think I think it's tech, I think it's all the NFL, but I'm I'm pretty sure about the AFC. Okay, I, so I, I was doing Tennessee, this on the fly at the at uh, right before the show. Yeah, yes, Tennessee, Tennessee and it's it, you'll be upset once I tell you. It's very obvious once you think about it. Uh, it's, it's, it's not Buffalo. It's not. It, is, is it the Steelers? Yes, it's the Steelers. It's the team okay. that it's the team that had two playoff teams in their in their own division that they that they beat. But also the Steelers went, I believe, and knocked off. Uh, they beat the Colts and oh, one of the other like the oh, I think they beat the Bears or something weird. I think that's no, they didn't play. Yeah, the Bears. Yeah, that sounds right. No, 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 they didn't play the Bears, but. Uh, yeah, the, Titans, the Steelers and the Titans are the only team, only AFC playoff team to beat uh, more than two playoff teams uh, this year. Only two. That's that's weird. It is weird, and it's the reason that I am slow to jump on the Baltimore hype train, and it's kind of the same reason I'm slow to hop on the Buffalo hype train. They've both looked like they're playing amazing football right now, but they're not playing high caliber talent. You know, Buffalo has only beat two playoff teams this year. Right, but it's I mean, they great. did slap a big number on Miami, who we thought definitely had a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, but Miami showed who they were. They showed they showed exactly who they were, which was a bla- yeah, I don't know a, a bad team. <laughs> you know, it's it's weird to think about. But the Buffalo the Buffalo Bills lost to the Arizona Cardinals, which would have been a playoff team on their resume. That's off their resume. They on beat, a last second, they crazy beat the touchdown. They beat the Steelers. Yeah, right. That hail mary was insane. They've played really good football since the Chiefs lost. So I'm not here to tell you that Baltimore's bad, but I'm here to tell you that since that Chiefs lost, they beat the Seahawks and the Steelers. That's it. That's it for playoff teams that they beat: the Seahawks and the Steelers. Seahawks are uh, rounded into shape late, but they beat them earlier. Yeah, they're kind of limping in the playoffs though. Uh, and then the Steelers are all have obviously been on a decline the last four weeks. You know, well, that's because the Steelers when, are frauds. 
Right, from when they were 12 and 0 to ending up 13 and 3, you know, pretty not great. But, you know, that's what I'm just I'm here to tell you that I I'm still I'm concerned. I am concerned, right? I'm I'm concerned for the Chiefs just cuz they have played poorly and we can talk about their problems too. Uh it's uh but I think the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC is the most cliche cliche answer I could possibly give. Owen, do you know who the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC is? Is it themselves? It's the Chiefs, baby. <laughs> uh, I was reading a, 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 an ESPN article uh, this week about the odds of every playoff team, and right now the Chiefs' odds—I believe it was—I think it's to win the Super Bowl, or, or is it? Is, is it? It's at least to go to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs' odds to—I want to say win the Super Bowl because it said Super Bowl odds, but it also gave me a percentage on their. It also gave me a percentage on their chance to make the Super Bowl, but. Still, the Chiefs' Super Bowl odds right now, Owen, are plus 180. That is insane. Vegas thinks we're going to the Super Bowl, huh? The Chiefs' backups were a longer under, were a bigger underdog to beat the beat the Los Angeles Chargers last week. You could have got the Chiefs' backups. Vegas to be- was more sure of the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl than the Chiefs' backups beating the Chargers. Yes, the Chiefs' backups, I think, were plus uh, 300 or so. They were they were six. That's not point, even bad for backups. No, they were six point. They were six point underdogs. I think that puts them, if I had to guess, at around plus three hundred, plus three fifty. I I I didn't I didn't take them on the money line and I didn't write it down. But but that's what I'm telling you is is the Chiefs backups were more underdogs against the Chargers than the Chiefs were to win the Super Bowl. Did you see that what Chad Henney's passer rating was during I, that game? He played well. 111.2. Like, I'll tell you what. He's he sh- really high. They might not have got the job done, but he showed some. The kids showed some flashes. So if they end up moving on from Mahomes, I feel pretty good about this Chad Henney kid coming in after a few <laughs> oh, years God. under Mahomes. Uh, but oh, that's so, reminded me of my freaking uh, pop culture mitt. Thank you. Right. So you can say it's cliche or whatever, but the Chiefs are the biggest threat to the Chiefs, and I think I think they're gonna be fine. The next closest odds for uh, for Vegas. Are the Packers and the Saints at plus four fifty and plus seven fifty, uh, with the chance to make the Super Bowl at forty two point two percent and twenty seven point two percent? Wait, what's but the Chiefs' chance the of making the Super Bowl? Fifty one point one percent. Holy shit! A coin flip. That's crazy. The next closest in the AFC is the Buffalo Bills at plus seven fifty for Super Bowl odds, and a seventeen point one percent chance to make it. <laughs> A bit of a drop off, about three, about we're a about third. The Chiefs, we're talking about the Chiefs. We're not, we're not talking about the Patriots. We're talking about the the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is oh, a weird. So I'll wait. We've we've got another question coming on, but I I've got I've got an interesting sports comparison. I've got a lot of analogies. I've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. All right, all right. All right. I'm feeling I'm feeling rejuvenated. 2021, baby. Better content. That was the that was the that was That's the true. resolution. But yeah, so my answer is it's it's cliche and it sounds dumb and it's stupid and the Bills have been playing well and the Ravens yeah are sh- whipping into shape, but I think the Ravens probably go I, and, and it's kind of fun right? As, uh, sorry, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Still, we're still gonna break down the Ravens and Titans game later, but <laughs> I just I I think it's I just think it's I think. I, I think the Chiefs are just the biggest threat. I I honestly don't. It's the think... Chiefs fan coming out on you, Truman. It's the Chiefs fan coming out on you. I'm I'm a, no. This team. is the, this team. is the Patriots fans, baby. I'm a Patriots <laughs> fan right now. Only Tom can beat Tom, baby. Nobody's beating Tom well, in December. Come on. 
Right, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Or I think January, we embrace that kind of mentality. As much as we hated that, you know, yeah. when when we right. were the underdog Chiefs versus like you know the top dog Patriots, we need to face that because the Chiefs just went like ten and one uh, uh, since since the loss to the Raiders, and our yeah. only loss being with the backups. We won like all of our games, and Chiefs fans are like, "Man, I'm scared. We haven't look at, been looking so good. Winning all the games isn't looking so- fourteen and two franchise record. All the Chiefs fans right now." Man, we we haven't been winning by very much. I've got I've, I've got an analogy. We'll break it down on our third topic for the Chiefs, but let's move on to the se- second topic. It's a it's a much lighter talk. It uh, a much lighter topic. But Owen, I told you I told you when I put it on here. This is an Owen Dom certified jerk off bullet point. Yes, that, sir. I, that I added on the script here. But uh, we got to see some backup wide receivers this weekend. And uh, we are both from K-State. I, I'll, I'll admit it. We're homers. We watch this guy play a lot. But my question yeah. to you, Owen, is is Byron Pringle the future for the Chiefs receiving core? Uh, I mean, may, future I is like, is he the yeah, future he ever, fourth option in the Chiefs offense? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yes, he should. Uh, <coughs> Byron Pringle has shown a really good ability to to do what the Chiefs really like, and that's yak, man. Yards after catch. That make smart plays, make the right plays. Um, and if you follow me on Twitter, um, you, you've seen this me tweet about what Byron does really well, and that's run block. If you look almost all of the notable Chiefs running plays, Damian Wilson, I mean, uh, Damian Williams Super Bowl run. Guess who's blocking on the wing? Byron Pringle. Uh, the other Damian uh, Williams run, 82-yard run. Who's blocking on the wing? It's Byron Pringle. The dude is the best... Uh, run blocking wide receiver in the league, by the way, in terms of rating, he's got yeah. a 91 rating for run blocking. That's the incredible. only the only non-offensive lineman this year to get a 90 plus rating in blocking this year. Yeah, Byron and he averages no one else, 90. By the way, no one else did it. Nobody yeah, else so, did over 90, and I don't even think they did it in a game. And the two and, times they rated Pringle, he was both he was he's been over ninety twice in games this year, and nobody else has done it once. Right, he's an incredible run blocker. He always makes the right play, and you know what he doesn't do, Truman? Run backwards five yards to force a safety. You can, I can, I can, you can bet on it that Byron Pringle isn't making that play. So you know, I love me some D Rob, but I think D Rob's probably getting too expensive. Maybe do some, uh, maybe do some Parker trades again with Miami. Maybe send uh, D Rob to Miami. But uh, I, I think Pringle, you know, deserves at least, you know, I, he's performed well. And he, he might not have the long ball touchdowns and touchdown numbers that McCole Hardman has. But, but I he's, think got, he's, more, he, he's got the ability, more, though. That's right, the thing. He's a, more, he's a more complete receiver. And right. I think he at least deserves to be Chiefs number four next year. Yeah, I'll be upset if I see Demarcus Robinson back. I was upset to see Demarcus Robinson back this year. Everybody was like, oh, thank God Demarcus Robinson came back. People, people said that. I saw people saw that. Uh, I saw people say that, but it was just, I don't, I don't get it. Um, he's a restricted free, free agent for a reason. The chiefs, uh, knew that, you know, basically, so he got injured his first year and that's why they gave him a restricted free agent deal is they're like, man, we think, we think this kid might have talent. You don't give restricted free agent deals, uh, to people who you think you're going to be done with. You give them to injured players who you think can become something. So yeah. Just right. by the nature of the restricted free agent deal is why I think Byron Pringle is going to be back next year. Yeah, I think I think you I think you bring Byron back. I think you can get him for a mil, two mil. Yeah, you, you get know, him for real cheap too. Give him damn damn near minimum. I think he's a Dave Tobe guy. I think you you know every time I have to watch Demarcus Robinson drop a ball, 
or Mark or or uh, McCole Hardman drop a goddamn punt return, I lose my mind because I know that there's somebody back there that doesn't do that. I know that there's a return man, an All American return man, or you know should have been probably. I had to guess no, he, he was. He was first team. He was yeah. first team for special teams. Yeah, all-American return man that played at Kansas State who has the hands for it and who fights. He fights for every single goddamn yard. You saw it. it took they, the, comment, the commentators talked about it on Sunday. It took five or six guys to finally tackle me. He broke four tackles for a, for a 20-yard pass. That's, but that's the kind of guy he is. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't run backwards to try to get around you. He's, he's got the speed to run past you, but he's also got the attitude to run through you. That man has a child. He does not care. <laughs> he's got that Juco attitude. He's from Florida. You want to mess with him? You don't. And he's got and he's got a nice K-State Bill Snyder mentality. Uh, yeah, I like – I honestly, I like Byron Pringle a lot. And I think I think he's got not, he's got the opportunity to be the, the Demarcus Robinson of this offense for, for the future, for the next Demarcus Robinson, two or three the Chris years. Conley, the Jeremy Macklin. He's you got need, that. Yeah, right, yeah. Because the Chiefs' number one guy isn't really – a number one, right? He's not your traditional uh, fade route guy. That's why the Chiefs number two and Sammy Watkins is more your traditional number one guy. Uh, you know, he's tall. You can throw it up to him. He can go get it. Not that Tyreek Hill can't do those things. It's just that is he's he's not the prototypical number one. So the Chiefs number one wide receiver uh, requires you to have a more number one receiver type in the in the number two slot, who isn't nearly as good as Tyreek Hill, but Tyreek Hill does a lot more different things. And Byron Pringle can step up and be that number two slot. If McCall Hardman can't, McCall Hardman can be the three. And the bar, the, we've got three solid wide receivers to look at this year. And this, every time I see Byron Pringle play, I just, I get, I get excited. And I'm not, and and I don't know why he isn't playing more because the man does. And and a lot of the times, the reason you don't see somebody play more is because they can't do the little things. But all this man does is the little things. I'm just, it blows my mind every time I have to watch McCall Hardman drop the special teams or or uh, or drop drop passes it's <laughs> it's just upsetting but yeah i wanted to i wanted to get that little jerk off point into you i add enough of my own jerk off points every week because i write the scripts baby and <laughs> so i wanted to make well, sure i appreciate that right i know you know i stand i do stand byron pringle unashamedly mm-hmm. but uh yeah i mean the kid deserves a shot uh he at least deserves a second contract one of the good guys on twitter too if you if you if you tweet something out about byron pringle he will probably like your tweet yeah, he, dude, he does. He reads those, you know, give him, give him all the love and affection. I know Chiefs fans, I see a lot of Chiefs fans say a lot of positive things about Byron Pringle. He's one of the guys, if you're going to say something positive, definitely at Byron Pringle because, you know, a guy who's fourth or fifth on the wide receiver depth chart probably likes to see those, that, those little compliments and see that people notice the stuff that he's doing and those little things. It's, Here, bef- before we move on to the next topic, uh, were you surprised at the lack of Marcus Kemp? Is he injured? I thought for sure no. that he would at least get snaps. Marcus I mean, Kemp is is just a special teams guy. Marcus Kemp right, has... Right, but he's he's still number six on the depth chart. You, he, he, you're telling me he got passed up by Dieter? Dieter, I guess, is probably... Marcus Kemp's really good at special teams. He is he not is good. good at being a wide receiver. Except in the preseason, he'll catch a touchdown. And everybody be like, what the fuck, Marcus Kemp? And then... Uh... <laughs> All right, so why don't get your thoughts on that? But yeah, I, he's the Mar- Marcus Kemp has been here for years, and he's just been the same thing. And we've seen Byron Pringle more than we've seen Marcus Kemp. That's true, and that says a lot. So yeah, I I I just think Byron Pringle deserves a shot. That's all I'm saying. But I'm with you there, buddy. 
let's move on to our final Chiefs talking point. And this is where I want to get into an analogy. But we'll talk about, uh, we'll, we'll frame the question like this, is there's this myth in the NFL, right? The, oh, the old double bye week. You sat your guys in week 17. Are you kidding me? When you have the, when you have the first round of the playoffs already shored up, you didn't let Patrick Mahomes play? Do you think he's going to forget how to play football? My question to you, Owen, is, is the double bye week hangover a myth or should we be worried when we see these Chiefs again? Nope, because everybody knows and everyone loves to make these assumptions and I know that I love to make these assumptions, but also everyone knows that the number one seed is basically the only team that goes to the Super Bowl. Statistically, like 95% of Super Bowl appearances in the last 10 years have been the number one seed because their guys are healthy, rested their guys, and they have time to pull up tape on literally everybody. And they do that. And then they go to the Super Bowl. So that's what's going to happen again. And I'm not worried about the stupid double bye week myth. It's so stupid. And we do this every year. You know, I did it when the Pats were the number one seed every time. Oh, they can't possibly win. You know, they're going to be out of momentum. Nope. They're going to be rested and happy. And their bodies are going to have less bruises. That's that's And that's what's going to happen. Right. Yeah, I think those years that you see the Pats not make it or the one seed not make it after they rested their guys. I think you saw teams that weren't the best team in the league. And I think, I think the chiefs are, I'm sorry, guys. They only lost to the Raiders really. And yeah, they've looked worse and things like that, but I think there's things they're going to fix. And the number one thing that you could have in the NFL, any coaching advantage ever, the biggest best coach in the NFL is Andy Reid after a bye week. And you gave him two weeks to prepare. Yeah, he doesn't know who he's playing. But I honestly think there's he's going to... three possible teams. I think there's a possibility you see the Cleveland Browns in Kansas City next there week. There is. A possibility fun for sure. Uh, or the Tennessee Titans. I think it's I think it's one of those two teams. But yeah, yeah, because technically you can't see... You could only see... You can't see Cleveland and you cannot see the Bills. You can't see Cleveland? No. Isn't Cleveland oh, no, you, the sorry, you can't see Pittsburgh. I, I, I was thinking Pittsburgh. I said Cleveland. Sorry. Right. You, you can't, can't see, see Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Pittsburgh, and you can't see Buffalo. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah, those are the, yeah, those are the th- two teams you can't see. So, yeah. But I think what we're going to see this year is it's, it's going to be interesting because what we're going to see is if Patrick Mahomes is a Tom Brady or if he's a LeBron James. Because Tom Brady, for as good as he is, every year, nobody said he was going to – nobody would want to pick him. Nobody would pick him unless it was like the year after they won a Super Bowl, then some people would pick him. But when they don't – but when they didn't win the Super Bowl, nobody was out there to pick him. And nobody was going to pick them to repeat and cruise through. But in the NBA, when LeBron was in the East, no matter what, if you picked anybody besides who LeBron was on for the last 10 years – you picked any team that wasn't LeBron's team for the last 10 years, you were insane because LeBron was going to do it. Doesn't matter what they look like during the regular season. Doesn't matter how they finished out. Doesn't matter if it was the three seed, the four seed, the five seed, the one seed, the two seed, the eight seed. They're going. They're going to be in the finals. That's how That's how it's been with LeBron. So I think it's time that we find out with Patrick Mahomes. Is he the Tom Brady who is going to make the playoffs every year and maybe he goes sometimes, maybe he doesn't? Or is it going to be the LeBron James that every year – we just we think that, well, he can't do it again, right? The team's not that good, right? 
and then he just goes and he puts everybody down. And I think there's a there's a part of me that thinks that Patrick Mahomes is a LeBron James and not a Tom Brady, where we're not going to see these upsets in the playoffs because he's Patrick Mahomes and you're not. LeBron well, doesn't I mean, lose to teams in the East in the Eastern Conference playoffs because he's LeBron James and you're not. Yeah. You go, oh, you guys won game one, but... game two. Doesn't matter. He's taking it. Yeah, you guys are up twenty four. Don't give a shit. I understand the comparison, but if. Patrick Mahomes had a Tom Brady career, dude. You won't catch We're fine. me bitching. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I, no, no, no. No. I have no complaints about about Patrick Mahomes' career right now. If it ended tomorrow, if he says, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I'd be like, thanks, bud. Thanks for the memories. Awesome. Love you. Bye. Yeah, we take those as Chiefs fans. Right. He got Andy Reid to the Hall of Fame for sure. He's got us another – he got us an MVP and he got us a Super Bowl. That's fine. We got to be the assholes for three years like Denver fans. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> I love it. But I think we have to find out whether or not he's a Tom yeah. Brady or LeBron James. And I think this is his year. This is the year where he puts where he puts people down in the AFC and you go, why did we ever believe it wasn't going to be him? Why did we ever believe it wasn't yeah, Patrick it, Mahomes? Why did I ever pick anybody who wasn't LeBron? I'm, I'm, in, well, I'm, true, I'm insane. Yeah, yeah, why did I think this was Patrick. the Raptors' year? I'm stupid. This is what we see from Patrick. Even in 2018, when we lost a divisional game, they lost off a coin flip. Patrick Mahomes never touches that ball. Yeah. If we win that coin flip, I have no doubt Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl in 2018. Right. Because this is what he does. The, the run against the Titans last year, the throws to Sammy Watkins in, in both the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game, every single throw he's ever made against the Ravens, um, the, the plays against the Texans, the connections to Kelsey. These th This is what he does in the playoffs. I am pumped to see Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs again. And, you know, maybe it'll take another bathroom trip to for me to see, to not see the throw of Sandy Watkins, you know, because I actually didn't see that live. I you was didn't actually see Chip? You didn't see w Wasp live? No, no, I saw Wasp. I, I mean, the other one. The the one against when uh, Collinsworth was like, Sammy Watkins, that one. Oh, when it, uh, just against put the him, when it, when it put him through, yeah. Right, yeah, when yeah. you were like, oh, the, they're fucking going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I didn't see that one. I thought yeah. a pick happened because everyone was like, oh! And I was like, oh! And I like sprinted out of the bathroom just like Justin Thomas him getting in the end zone. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Cock and ball <laughs> in hand, celebrating the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's, that's how we do it. That's how we do it here on Dom. That's true. You already know. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think this is the year. And, and, the, and the big problem, I watched a video on this also. I, I found a new guy. Uh, was it the film, the film room guy? Uh awesome youtube stuff it's brett holerman or something along those lines or yeah i think yeah. i think i think i know who you're talking about actually but he posted a video on the chief's flaws and the biggest thing is that patrick mahomes is drifting too far back in the pocket right now which is what gives him all that time for plays like wasp and stuff like that but defensive ends are having success when they don't blitz and they don't run stunts and stuff and they just run upfield because patrick mahomes is 10 10 yards behind the behind the offensive line so the offensive line does not look good but it's not all the offensive line's fault Patrick Mahomes has been causing some of these problems, and but Man, if, if you if, if you think that there's a guy like that who's going to spot that on YouTube and put that out and all that stuff, if for some reason you think that Andy Reid is doesn't know these problems and isn't going to address it in a two week span, I think you're yep. insane. I think that's I think I was, that's crazy. I was just about to say that. I, I was just about to say that. Like, yeah, Patrick and Travis Kelsey. You know, on with Shannon Sharp the other, uh, the other day. Uh, it's been all over Twitter, but he talked about how Patrick Mahomes writes more notes and watches too much film. He's yeah. got two weeks to pick up on that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's gonna figure it out. And and in that Atlanta game that everybody's so afraid of, 
I know we talk about this all the time, and we quote this all the time on the show for any time you think a Chiefs game is close. We quote it every single time about them closing the book. They close the playbook. They don't run exciting plays once they're up big because they don't need to and they don't need to impress you. But in that Atlanta game, they had their lowest rate since they've had, I think it was like three years of pre-snap motion, which is what makes it so hard to play against the goddamn Chiefs. And they had their lowest rate of pre-snap motion. They didn't motion. do anything special at all? No, it was like 50% lower. Like the Chiefs <laughs> are Absolutely one of the highest the pre-snap motions teams in the NFL where they run it like 70 or 80% of the time, and they ran it like 20% of the time <laughs> against the Falcons. So uh, I think I'm glad you told me that. Yeah, I think there's plenty of stuff uh, about that. I think it's, you know, I. That's just so Andy Reid, too. Don't like, worry. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry. Yeah, dude, right. Andy Reid's like, so uh, I heard the Falcons are trash, and his, his assistant coach is like, yeah, Chief, they're trash. And he's like, all right, boys, let's close that playbook. Yeah. Run out of the huddle. <laughs> right. And they're like, whatever. So I'm not too worried about it we'll see how they look you know Whoa, this could Drew be not too worried this I'm could sorry. be false confidence you your- i'm interested to see how all these playoff teams actually look against each other because at the end of the day the teams that you are really high on right now have not played a playoff team in a long time and the teams that we're all really low on right now have been playing tough schedules <laughs> that they've been grinding <laughs> out Colts and Titans have been playing tough schedules, and we're all low on them all of a sudden, even though they were the best team. They were number two and three, or number three and four a few weeks ago. I know. Well, no, I know. I skipped it. We skipped it this week. I took it out this week. I took off AFC South Team of the Week. Oh. But if you want to give it to me, what's your, who's your AFC South Team of the Week? Real quick. I know it's the, I know it's our favorite division, but we've we're, we've got to go through the play all the playoff oh, games. Quick. So there was a few things I cut out. AFC real quick, South. it's the Colts. They're, yeah. They're looking really spicy. Uh, they have a very serious chance to, to win, you know, and maybe even make it uh, an NFC uh, title game. Their their defense is insane. They have Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor starting to pop off. Um, once again, I'll say the th- same thing that I've always said: if Philip Rivers just plays like regular Philip Rivers and not dollar store Philip Rivers, they have a serious chance. But Owen, what about the Buffalo Bills? They haven't played anybody. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, the Buffalo Bills really haven't played anybody, but they have looked good. Uh, you know, I. Again, I had the, all those arguments with Bills fans on Twitter. You can't deny that the Bills haven't looked good. They've looked good, but they haven't played anybody. I don't care. The Chiefs looked amazing against the Jets. I don't give a shit. You guys get to play the Jets two times a year. Congrats. Awesome. I just... It blows my mind that, that we're all we're all very high on Buffalo. We all, we all love Buffalo right now. They haven't played anybody. Since the Chiefs. They beat the Seahawks and the Steelers. Okay. Yeah, technically a, a, a technically both three seeds. Great. I don't know if they're as good as the Chiefs, but it's fine. Let's let's talk. Uh, we cut out the AFC South talk, but I did want to talk about the NFC East real quick because there's a very spicy story going around in the NFC East this week. Owen, was there betrayal in the NFC East? Is that yes. what the fuck is happening this week in the NFC yeah, East? Yeah, it was so obvious. It's uh, so it, it, but and it's so weird though because the sixth pick and the ninth pick are not that dissimilar. So no. that's basically what the Eagles did. They, if they would have lost, which they did, they are getting the sixth pick in the draft. Sure. If they would have won, they would have gotten the ninth pick. 
Uh, in no world do you take out the hot hand of Jalen Hurts, put in Nate Sudfield. I'm sorry. No one's even heard of him ever. I don't even know what college he went to. Oh, That's something that I like I to pride myself up. on, is young quarterbacks and where they went to college. Yeah, the Eagles are I, awful. Yeah. I have no fucking clue why they did that, unless they're throwing. And I think they threw. The Eagles I, are... I do. The Eagles are bad people for this. They had nothing to play for. The only thing they had to play for was the New York Giants to make it in the playoffs. That's it. And you can hate your rivals as much, but I know those NFC East rivals run fucking deep. We, I, hate, I hate Raiders and Chargers fans. The NFC East people hate so much more than the AFC West, it's, it's hard to even imagine. Those teams hate each other, like, big time. And I've never seen, Truman, players take to Twitter like I saw Giants players. Giants players taking Twitter? You know, you, know what, <laughs> you know what Fletcher Cox, the Eagles defensive tackle, put out? We don't no, give a shit see. about the Giants. That's what he said. <laughs> so I don't give a shit about the Giants. I've never whatever. seen players take to Twitter like that after a game, ever, in any sport. Now, okay, so here's the thing, though. Here's, here's something else that needs to be addressed. Nick Sudfield came in, uh, he went 5 for 12, 52 yard, uh, 32 yards, one interception. He had a QBR of 2.4. It was awful. It was very bad. But let's all stop talking about Jalen Hurts like he was playing like a world beater, right? Ode, can you tell me what Jalen Hurts' completion percentage was within 10%? Uh, on the year or just in that game? Just in that game. Oh, gosh. I'd assume it's actually, it probably was bad, probably like 30%. It was 35%. Yikes. He was 7 for 20 and thrown an interception. His QBR was 44.5. Let's not. I know that we, I know they pulled their starter, and I know that it felt like they weren't winning, and, it, and they were jumping off sides purposefully and other things like that, but if just Jalen Hurts going to beat him? Maybe, only because it was 20-14, to 14, but that was an awful game between two awful teams. And also, you can't complain if you're 6-10 and if you're six and ten that you didn't make the playoffs. I thought they only won 5. I thought they went 5-11. Five and, five and no, the, the, no, the Giants went 6-10. and 10. The Washington uh, football team went 7-9. and nine. Or no, oh, sorry, okay. the, were the Giants 7-9? and nine? Is that what happened? Is that, sorry, was that the tiebreaker? Am I confused? Give me a second. No, they were six and ten. You don't get to complain. You don't. You're done. I don't. I don't care about your betrayal. I'm sorry, Giants fans. It is a douche move by the rival to not play their starters to get a worse draft pick. To, I mean, if if <clears throat> if this isn't a a playoff determining game, we'd all call Doug Peterson a genius. We'd all. No one would have said anything. No one would have cared. But because it's the NFC East, we're upset because a 6-10 and 10 team didn't get in because some guy pulled his starter who was, who was 7 for 20 on the game. Can we all agree that this is silly? <laughs> Can we yeah, all agree? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. That maybe this isn't as egregious as we're all making it out to be? Yeah, yes, it's, it's really upsetting. And it does feel like he threw. And it's really upsetting. And the Eagles... Hate, and the NFC, it's because the NFC hate East hates themselves, hates all of each other so much. 
but it doesn't matter. You're six and ten. You don't get to be mad about what happened. Still scummy, though. Still scummy. Sh- sure. Whatever. Win more than six games. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Win more than six games next year, and then maybe you can go to the playoffs because the Washington football team won more than six games, so they get to go to the playoffs. So I'll give a shit what the Eagles did. I don't care. They pulled their quarterback who was seven and twenty on the game, and they were jumping off sides a little bit. Who cares? <laughs> I don't know, man. And yeah, I'm glad that they're way. bringing back Doug Peterson. Uh, the fact that Doug Peterson was on the hot seat in Eagles fans' minds is insane. The man has won a Super Bowl for you and then went to the playoffs two years in a row after that and then and then just had a bad year where his quarterback relationship became fractured. Three out of four seasons that he's been there, he's made the playoffs. And one of those years, he won the Super Bowl. And you guys and Eagles fans were upset that he that he got to stay. Yeah, Eagles fans are morons, so that's we, ins- yeah. That's insane. But, okay, so let's move on. It is time to talk about every single game. And uh, I see you drinking a little bit of water here. I'm going to get some water in. We've got a... Yeah, we got a lot. We've got six playoff games we need to talk about. None of them include the Kansas City Chiefs, so we're not going to talk about them that long. So what we're going to do is we're going to put <clears throat> one minute on the clock for each of us to talk about each NFL playoff game. All right. Uh, give a breakdown. Give a prediction. Can you give a prediction, or are you just doing? Or, or uh, are you ready for that? Are you Are you good? Um, yeah, I'm down with predictions. That's fine. All right, I got my phone up here. I'll hold it, even though Discord doesn't flip it, so people who are watching the stream will be sem- semi confused. But all right, Owen, your time. We'll We'll start. We'll go Indianapolis. We'll We'll go in the order that they're playing these games. We're going. Yep. Indianapolis, Buffalo, Rams, uh, Seahawks, uh, Bucks, football team, Baltimore. Tennessee, Chicago, New Orleans, Brown Steelers. Whether I said the team or the city uh, has no significance. All right. Ready? Owen? Yep. Ready to start on three, two, yep, one, ready. go. All right, True. This is a game that uh, everyone needs to watch uh, for upset alert uh, for Indi- Indianapolis and Buffalo. I'm putting a Buffalo on upset alert right now. The, the Colts have had, I, I believe, a top 10 uh, difficulty uh, in terms of strength of schedule this season, and they've played well. They made the playoffs with their extremely uh, poor offensive play, which has been getting better, and that's why that I am putting Buffalo on upset alert. They had really good play out of Naheem Hines before you, uh, before being benched for Jonathan Taylor as the starter. Jonathan Taylor's heating up. Phillip Rivers isn't throwing picks. Uh, that's right, Truman. Uh, you heard that right. Tr- Phillip Rivers is not throwing that many picks. And that's how Philip Rivers led teams lose games. He throws picks. If he's not doing it, they're going to get the dub. You know why? Because the Colts have the best defense in the league. Uh, Buffalo, they're they're hot right now. They're confident, but I'm putting them on upset alert. Uh, th- that being said, I do still think Buffalo takes this game. Uh, I think it's going to be 28-24 uh, Buffalo. I don't, I don't hate that. I do not hate putting them on upset alert. The Buffalo Bills are the trendy team, but they remind me a lot of, of teams like the 2018 Chiefs where they're close. They've got a lot of pieces. They've got a solid quarterback, but I'm not sure they're quite, they're quite there. But I'm also not ready to quite say they're going to lose to the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have been mm, kind of mm, towards the end there. They did lose to the Steelers. I think they lost two of their last four. Uh, the, the Bills have been rolling since their loss to the Chiefs. And I expect them to roll here, but they've only beat two playoff teams this year, and they've just not played anybody. But uh, the Colts, I've just—they haven't really been good since they played 
uh, that overtime win against Green Bay. They've lost a, a lot of games since then. They were, you know, they basically, uh, they've still got to fight for the division, but I don't think they're actually that good anymore. So I do expect the Bills to take care of business here. Uh, but I, but I'm, I'm still not ready to hop on the Bills bandwagon that we're all on, that the Bills are the biggest threat in the AFC West, AFC West for the Chiefs. Rams, Seahawks, go. All right, so Rams, Seahawks, uh, this is actually the game I'm most confident about. Uh, even though the momentum coming into the playoffs is different. I think Seattle kind of limped into the playoffs where the Rams uh, kind of had their weird up-and-down season uh, all the way throughout the season, so they don't really have too much momentum against them or with them. But I do think Seattle takes care of business. I think that just overall Seattle's probably the better team, even though Seattle's past defense is trash, but they're in luck because uh, the Rams, although they do have Jared Goff, and I rate him very highly, uh, the, the, uh, the Rams don't have any wide receivers that are willing to just absolutely dominate a game, even though Cooper Cup is good. Uh, the Rams' defense isn't good enough to overcome uh, the Seahawks' offense. Um, I, I, I do, I, I'm pretty comfortable with this game. I think Seattle wins by at least seven, if not ten points over the Rams. Uh, it's probably pretty surprising, but I just think overall Seattle is the better team. Uh, I'm going Seattle 31 uh Rams 21. All right. That leads to me. I yeah, I also were like you where I thought kind of both these teams limped into the playoffs. Uh, the Rams lost two of their last four, and I just hadn't heard anything about the Seahawks. But the Seahawks have been quietly dominating. They even had a win over the Rams uh, in their last in their last matchup, I'm pretty sure, right? Let me double check. Let me double check. I know, I know I'm running out of time. Yes, yeah. It was it was a 20 to 9 matchup in week 16. Uh, the Seahawks beat beat the Rams. Uh the Rams haven't won a playoff game. Uh, haven't won a team against a game against the playoff team since they beat the Buccaneers, and I believe it was in Week Ten. I'm trying to run the math quickly. Uh, they were both both these teams were at eight and four. The Rams, the Seahawks finished at twelve and four, and the Rams finished at ten and ten of six, losing two of their last four. With one of those losses being to the Seattle Seahawks, and the other one being to the New York Jets. The Jets. Yes, so I'm with you here. I'm with you. The Seahawks are, I think, are going to cruise through this, and we'll probably see uh, basically the same thing that happened in Week 16. All right, uh, Tampa Bay, Washington football team, give it to me, Owen. All right, so I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. Uh, Tampa Bay's the most inconsistent team in the league, I believe, in terms of scoring and in terms of defense. Uh, So I really have no idea how to pick this game. Um, Washington also really inconsistent. They've shown that they're not really a high-scoring offense, but they can stifle you with their really good defensive line. Uh, they're actually terrifying defensive line. Um, but I, Truman, I'm going to be honest with you, I really don't know how to pick this game. Uh, like I said, Tampa Bay, really only good in, good on beating up trash teams, so we, we need to figure out whether or not Washington's a trash team or not. They made the playoffs, yeah, they're in the worst division, but they also have really good defensive line, and Tom Brady is the most immobile quarterback ever. Uh so if, if Washington can affect the quarterback, they have a chance, but I still give Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay the edge. They have a really good wide receiving core, and just depending on how uh, injured Mike Evans is. Um, yeah, I just, I just, but once again, I really don't know how to pick this game. Uh, I'm going to go 24-21 uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, this, is, this is another one that's interesting. The last uh, Again, uh, the NFC East is not good this year. The Washington football team got to be the, got to be the best team in there. Uh, you know, as we like to say here, the smartest horse. That's exactly what the Washington football team was uh, by winning the NFC East, uh, whether or not that you care about whatever the fuck happened with the Eagles. Uh, what I'm here to tell you is that while the C- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might have might have been 11 and 11 and five, and the Washington football team might have been seven and nine, they both won 
one game against playoff teams this year. Tampa is 10 and 1 against non-playoff teams. They're 1 and 4 against actual teams. Uh, the Washington football team is 7 and 9 against all teams, but they've won one playoff game. The last time this happened, something like this, where a 7 and 9 team went to the playoffs after winning their division, uh, we got to, or, or one of the one of the last times was the Beast Quake in Seattle. I actually think that we might see an upset here. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. Give me the Washington football team over Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, say by seven. Wow. Uh, Baltimore, Tennessee, go. All right, Baltimore, Tennessee. I This is the game uh, to watch this week. This is the game of the week. Uh, this is the revenge game for the Ravens. But in my mind, I don't I, – I, you know, I said earlier, I think Baltimore is the team that the Chiefs are going to be most afraid of. But I think Tennessee is going to take them out behind the shed again. Uh, Derrick Henry is just too good for that garbage uh, – you know, a Ravens run defense. You know, there's some, oh, and they have a really good run defense. Yeah, not against not against Tennessee. Tennessee's got them figured out. Vrabel's got something in his mind where he can just pick apart good run defenses, and he's continued to do it. Derrick Henry put up 2,000 yards this year. Um, you don't do that, and especially with a tough schedule like the Titans had, you don't do that against uh, good run defenses unless uh, your, your running uh, game is really good. Ryan Tanhill also uh, shown the ability to – a little bit clutch, but the most consistent quarterback in the league – uh, I'm going to give it to Tennessee by 14. Uh, I'm actually also on the Tennessee Titans here. And again, the Balt- Baltimore is just like Buffalo. Those two are the trendy picks in the AFC right now. And they're probably both the teams that the Chiefs are actually scared of. Um, Baltimore Baltimore, and Buffalo is probably the biggest threats to the Chiefs in the AFC. But again, it's another team that's been propped up by kind of soft wins. They've won five, They've won their last five going into the going into this playoffs. Uh, they've looked a lot better. They've impressed a lot of people. But again, those five games are the Cowboys, the Browns, the Jags, the Giants, and the Bengals. Where do you see good teams there? The Browns? Yeah, they were good. But, you know, again, we saw that Browns team, Browns game basically go to overtime. And then the Browns lost to Cincy. Like, or also, sorry, they also lost to the Jets. But, you know, and COVID and stuff is going on. But again, I think Tennessee's going to go out and put him back, uh, take him behind the shed as well. They're one of the two teams playing this weekend that have beat more than two playoff teams. Give me Tennessee by uh, 10 against Baltimore. Chicago, New Orleans. This is going to be the most lopsided game. Uh, Bears did come in with momentum. Mitch Trubisky picking up momentum, trying to, you know, make a name for himself as, as you know, a second contract quarterback. Don't know if it's going to happen, but he certainly played – I know fairly well these last couple games. Unfortunately, their opponent is the New Orleans Saints, who are pissed about not getting the number one seed. New Orleans is going to steamroll them. Uh, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, you know, <laughs> I like Matt Nagy. His team isn't good enough. The fact that they even made it to the playoffs is a testament to good coaching. Uh, their defense is really good, and you know Trubisky's been playing well. But the New Orleans is just better on all fronts. This is gonna, this might this has an opportunity, <coughs> Truman, to be a really lopsided game. Uh, I just think New Orleans does everything better. Alvin Kamara, you know, went beast mode the other week, putting up six touchdowns. Uh, I think, yeah, I think, I just think New Orleans wins by at least 10. Yeah, this is one of those games where uh, the Chicago Bears, uh, the pinnacle of their season and the watermark that they were all hoping to get to has been achieved. They wanted to make the playoffs. They did it. That was that's what they wanted. They don't they don't care about going to the Super Bowl. They were never they didn't have Super Bowl aspirations this year. They knew they weren't going to win the division from early on. It's a miracle they made it into the playoffs. I don't see them I don't see them knocking off the Saints here. Oh, uh, the Saints do have incredibly bad luck in the playoffs. 
But Drew Brees has been rested for most of the year. Uh, they got him back for uh, two of their last three games. They lost to the Chiefs, whatever. But then they won the last two. Drew Brees is looking great. And again, even without Drew Brees, New Orleans can hold it down. So I like I like the Saints to roll here. They're 12-4. and four. They only have two wins against playoff teams. But the Bears have only beat one playoff team this year. And that was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, give me... Drew Brees and the Saints, I think they're going to knock off. I, I think they're going to knock off the Bears. I don't expect a big upset here. But, again, the Saints are cursed, so who knows. Uh, and the final one, Owen, Cleveland and Pittsburgh on uh, Nickelodeon this, another... this weekend. Sorry. It's on Nickelodeon, really? Nick. Yes, sorry. That's hilarious. First of all, good for Nickelodeon picking up this game because this is another one that I think people are going to want to watch, kind of similar to Tampa Bay, Washington. It's a freaking wild card in terms of, a game like not in terms of actually the spot but it's legitimately wild it's gonna be nuts i have no idea what to expect steelers once again limping to the playoffs L- lost lost three straight before picking up a couple uh a win to exit the season cleveland super inconsistent once again uh able to put up over 50 points uh that we've seen uh probably one of the best running teams in the league with chubb and and hunt uh, Baker Mayfield has been improving throughout the season, making less mistakes, and that's why they made the playoffs in the first place. But the Steelers are really good defensively, uh, but they're weak offensively. Uh, it's really hard to beat a team three times, Truman. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, Browns versus Steelers, uh, definitely an interesting matchup. If, if this game goes one way or the other, you uh, you wouldn't find me being surprised. This This is something that, like a minute or two into this game, you will know how it's going to go. The, the Browns are either going to steamroll the Steelers here or the Steelers are going to steamroll the Browns. The Browns are going to be missing their head coach along with whatever player the coach has come along with that contact race. Contact racing, excuse me. So I believe that'll be very interesting to see what Browns team will even see on Sunday. And I think that's a big concern. And uh, again, like we said, the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee are the only two teams that are playing this weekend that have knocked off more than two playoff teams. And I, I think the Steelers are just in a much better situation. The Browns have been ravaged by COVID. I expect the Steelers to take care of business here. Uh, they ha- they did lose four of their last five. You know, losing three straight, beating the Colts, then losing to the Browns. But again, Big Ben Big Ben's rested. Give me the give me the Steelers over the uh, Browns by eh, seven. And that'll do it. Woo! You feeling good? You feeling? Yeah, I love those segments. How's well, your throat? How's <laughs> your how's your voice? A little scratchy for me, la, I guess. La, la, la. I was warmed up. I already warmed up before the show, so I'm good. <laughs> oh, oh, well, if you are, if you've already warmed up, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow. Yes. Um, oh, I'm 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 good on that one though. All right, since since you're warmed up, uh, give me your Dom's doming play of the week. Um, I'm actually gonna go a different route than I normally go, and this is kind of a sad route. Um, oh. And it's just because it's the most it's the only time I've ever seen this kind of break outside of Alex Smith, and that's DeAndre Breaker, uh, Baker breaking his femur. DeAndre that's going to be my dominant play of the week. Um, it, it's not supposed to be humorous. It's supposed to be kind of crazy. It's no, like it was a his non, femur, not as humorous. Oh my! <laughs> it was a non-contact femur break. It kind of looked like, you know, he like stumbled and then just snapped his freaking leg with the force of his muscles. Insane. Uh, but apparently he got surgery treatment the next day, and it went well. So and and, that, and that's why it's making my my dominant play of the week because that's just pretty incredible. You hate to see a first round pick go down like that, and I've just never seen a leg break, uh, one be healed so quick, and two be that kind of weird non contact. So uh, prayers out to DeAndre Baker. I uh, hope you make a swift recovery. But yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy happening. 
Yeah, yeah, breaking the femur, the hardest bone in your body to break. Uh, pretty unfortunate uh, for DeAndre Baker. But yeah, I'd also heard that he had had surgery and was walking around or something along those lines. At the yeah, Chiefs he was facility. already in the Chiefs facility. Yeah, it's, I like I had heard that once you like once it's set, the femur is it's like it's in such a weird spot that it's hard to like hurt it much, just because it's not you can't rest it on anything or hit it on much. It's just in a weird spot. It's the thickest bone in your in the body, or it's the hardest one to break. And whether or not that's just because it's it's also in a weird spot to break. That's a probably hairline fracture thing. Uh, right. That's you know, so yeah, very odd. But yeah, prayers up, DeAndre Baker. Uh, what a what a tough year that guy's had, and he was very excited to play. Of course, he got extorted uh, early in the season and got kicked off of the Giants, and then ended up on the Chiefs practice squad after they found out that it was just extortion and he wasn't actually doing any of those crimes that they'd accused him for. He was very excited to start this week and just, you know, a great story to hear him actually getting to come back and play. And then, yeah, you know, he breaks his femur and just... Yeah, hopefully we can get him a ring. down the field. It sucks. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully get him a ring. Yeah. Uh, but uh, similar in that I'm going a different way from my Steen Spotlight Player of the Week. And it's, uh, again, you know, it's one of those things where the end of the season's upon us. We're wrapping up the end of the year awards, and I want to talk about my spotlight player of the week, which is Justin Jefferson. Um, this is a this has a been a great year for awards. It's it's been a great year for the people that like the awards, right? Because it's it's been kind of annoying the past few years. It's always been that the awards are decided by uh, you know week fourteen. It's already right. over. Don't worry about it. It's already happened. Um, so, uh, this has been a great year for that because honestly, up until the last few weeks, we really haven't known who's going to win MVP or win Offensive Rookie of the Year. It's been a big question. And Offensive Rookie of the Year is the one I want to talk about right now. Justin Jefferson should win it. I don't care about Justin Herbert. The, the, the media's obsession with quarterbacks having to win the award is insane. I mean, I your Derrick Henry arguments... Mm, fine he really came on there towards the end like he does obviously rushed for over 2000 but the reason ap won it when he rushed for over 2000 as mvp was because he was coming back from an acl tear and he was the only bright spot on that team you know he really carried a bad quarterback through there and i there's a lot of talk about ryan Tannehill's not that good yeah, you all guys only say that when Ryan Tannehill is when you're trying to prove the point of Derrick Henry. Otherwise, if you look at everything else, Ryan Tannehill is still a top ten quarterback. So, which is crazy to say, which is right. so weird for me. You right. know, a, a dude that was too bad for the Dolphins, the Titans pick him up and turn him into a top ten. It's insane. Yeah, but so, yeah, the, so that's all to say that the media is fixated on giving these awards to quarterbacks. It's always the best. But, you know, Rookie of the Year has been a little better. Our Offensive Rookie of the Year has been a little better lately. But still, the the media's obsession over Justin Herbert's kind of odd. He hasn't been that good. And the thing about Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson's probably a top five wide receiver this year. And we're all just under-impressed by it. I mean, I Travis Kelsey cause... Travis Kelsey had, what, 14, 14 20 yards, so right? He broke his own record, right? Right, he broke his own record. But he had 14 20, right? Yeah, let me double check on that one for you. I think it's like 1426 or something. Justin Jefferson had 1,400 yards. He he had the second most yards per catch for wide receivers with over 1,000 yards. Um, 
It's just he broke the receiving the, the rookie receiving record. He's top five in yards, has the second highest average yards per catch of anyone over a thousand yards. And and even, you know, you say, well, he's he's still a rookie, he's not reliable. He has the ten most first down catches in the NFL. This is uh, I mean fourteen sixteen, by the way, Truman. Fourteen sixteen. Fourteen sixteen for, for Kelsey and Justin Jefferson is fourteen hundred. Um, so I'm telling you, Herbert has been good, but he's 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 a borderline top ten quarterback. He's not a top five quarterback. And if he's even a top 10 quarterback, it's questionable. He's top 10 in yards. He's not top 10 in a lot of other things. He's really not that good. He's, you know, he's not top 10 in yards per in, in yards per pass or yards per attempt. He's not top 10 in rating. He's not top 10. In Q, he might be top 10 in QBR, but I don't think he is. It's just Jefferson is a top five wide receiver in a, in, and there's three times as many wide receivers in the NFL as there are quarterbacks. For sure. At least, and he's a top five, and Justin Herbert isn't even a top ten. Yeah, the I only mean, maybe reason he's they're giving 10. it to him, Truman, is because he's technically setting rookie records. It's because he's a quarterback. Yeah, that's the he's only reason they're giving it to well, him. Well, he's technically setting rookie records as well. Sort of, but Justin Jefferson's breaking actual rookie records. Yeah, I know, and that's and I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And he's but putting up actual stats it's this is i a, this, I, I just want to pre- prepare you and me and everyone else to be sad when they give it to herbert because they're going to and i know they're giving it to herbert herbert has been good but but justin jefferson has been great yeah and i know i'm with you i it, it's gonna be a travesty and in a year that the heisman trophy is probably gonna go to a wide receiver right now as we speak we're still having the debate on why the the offensive rookie of the year isn't going to a wide receiver it just, oh, the husband it, did go to the wide receiver it did yes right yes. exactly so give the offensive rookie of the year to a wide receiver. And, Justin and, Jefferson's and, been the best offensive rookie this year. And that's crazy. Uh, just slight tangent about college real quick because I found this really interesting. You know that Mac Jones has had a had a higher quarterback rating ever for a college quarterback. The highest better one. Than, better than Burrow last year. Better than Tua. Yeah. Well, and but and then the question. And they gave the wide receiver. And that's well, then why the question is. Giving, how 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 good is the wide receiver instead? You know how how yeah, how much exactly. of that that's quarterback why it's a rating is that Justin Jefferson isn't going to get the award? Yeah, it's because you know <laughs> if, co- if college if 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 college awards people got their head out of their ass, it's time for the NFL to do it too. All right, all right. This has pissed me off enough. Uh, let's get into some non-sports stuff. And uh, <laughs> I gave you a I gave you a really fun one this week. I gave you a really fun top five of. Of the week this week. And Owen, I want to hear, in your words, give me your top five alcoholic beverages. And again, okay, so I, again, let's wait. Before we start, let's be clear, just for, uh, you know, safety reasons. Uh, if you're not over 21, shouldn't be drinking. Um, drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Uh, if you have a problem, talk to somebody. I think that's it. I just want to yeah. let's just be clear: drinking isn't isn't only fun in games. It can become a serious problem for some people, but it's not a serious problem for me or Owen. We do it responsibly. We don't drink we and do. drive. We call Ubers. We have we have our roommates drive. We have a lot of things. So I just want to clear that up before we get into this. But all right, <laughs> always smart, always smart. All right, all right, right into it. Your, so yeah. at number five on my list, it's I'm pretty strong for people um, from the Eastern Hemisphere specifically the north of the eastern hemisphere and uh specifically england and i'm going number five gin and tonic i actually really oh, like a, a good gin and tonic or also replaceable with like a gin and juice um 
big i am a big fan of the gin and tonic i i think gin's really nice i think it's underrated um it's a it's a little bit too strong to drink straight so you add a little bit of tonic and you add maybe or maybe a little bit of juice and you got yourself a nice uh, it's a stiffer drink but it's nice um number four i'm actually doing uh Truman and I's special creation that we created back in college, and that would be the 308 Reserve and some jungle juice, man. Some classic jungle juice. And obviously this spot can be replaced by whatever uh, jungle juice that you have for your party. Um, I, I like me some good jungle juice. Uh, obviously, um, you know, everyone has their own recipe. Uh, ours is called 308. That's uh, one of the addresses of the houses um, from college. But, you know, just jungle juice, man, you know, Everyone has their own special concoction. Hey, man, try this. I mixed it up myself. And you're like, oh, hey, you know, that's pretty good. It, it's it's not incredible, but it deserves to make the list because everyone's got their own special brew. But ours so, was uh, incredible. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. Ours was incredible, though. It's true. Um, coming in at number three, I've got just a cider from a nice wine distillery. You, you get your cider flight at your local uh, winery, and you're like, wow, dude, this is nuts. And then you're like, hey, man, how much is that? And they're like... Yeah, it's fourteen dollars for a six pack, and you're like, oh. <laughs> but you get that, you, get, you know, you go out on the weekend with your friends, you get that flight, and you're like, man, it's just delicious. And it's true, but it's always way too expensive. Uh, but yeah, just you know, a cider from a, a local distillery or winery it makes it into number three on my list. Uh, number two, uh, really generic, really basic, nice and cheap, perfect price. Comes in a great bag and a nice box. It's Crown Apple, man. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Crown Apple is is one of the only whiskeys that I drink. I'm not a huge whiskey guy, but Crown Apple, uh, you can drink it straight. You can drink, you can use it as a mixer. It's not too expensive that anyone's gonna be upset if you mix it with something, but it also is really smooth. Crown Apple coming in at number two. And number one, once again, kind of generic, but I just love beer, man. Whatever beer, whatever beer you wanna drink, big beer drinker, uh, call me what you will. I love me a nice cold beer, especially in a, uh, in a glass. It's best out of the tap at a bar. But you can get close to that if you pour yourself a nice cold glass of beer. And beer's my number one. So, one back up, uh, five to one. Uh, number five, gin and tonic. Uh, number four, whatever jungle juice you like. Number three, a local brewery's cider. Uh, number two, crown apple. And number one, beer. Nice. I like it. I like it a lot. A uh, very solid list. A very, you know, young, college-aged male list, for sure. And I'm gonna I'm about. gonna have another one, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna put up another another college age male list. Uh, but you know, again, very nice. Um, so for my alcoholic beverages, again, we're doing a top five. Uh, my number five, and this might be surprising to you about how low this one comes in. Mm -hmm. Um, but mine is wine. Number five is a nice really? is, is, is a wine. I, I took a wine tasting. I took a few wine tasting classes in college. I would recommend it for a lot of people. Is it's a fun little party trick. I, I went to uh, like a like a something over the summer with my roommate and his uh, my roommate's girlfriend and her roommates were holding like a party before everything you know uh, before shit hit the fan here, and uh, you know when when you can still go to parties and be safe and blah blah blah, but uh, they. The, one of the fun things about wine tasting is they brought out a wine and they're it, like, I was talking about just wine tasting. They're like, Oh, can you tell us everything about this wine? And I was like, sure. And I could nail location. I nailed the year. <laughs> I was, the year? My I was, goodness. what was odd. I, I got location in Europe, but I missed the, it was really cheap wine and I missed the varietal 
by like this much because it was an unoaked Chardonnay that wasn't very buttery because it was very cheap. So I thought it was a uh, like a like a like a Pinot Gris, I guess. Oh but, yeah, I know. yeah. Really always make that mistake. I should well, I should know Pinot Gris is more acidic, uh, but it's upsetting to me still. I, it lives rent free in my head. But uh, <laughs> specifically, if you ever have to give me a gift, my favorite varietal and location, give me a nice uh, South African Cab Sav. All right. That's just. I love a new world wine. It's riper. It's a little sweeter. Uh, you know, if I'm eating food or, you know, if I'm eating like a, a nice steak or something like that, maybe I'll go a European, a European red, a nice, a nice Pinot Noir, a nice Cab Sav, or, or maybe not as much Cab Sav, but maybe a Merlot or something like that. But if I'm just drinking a bottle of wine, you're just giving me a gift. South African Cab Sav. It's ripe. It's bright. It's nice. It's fruity. It'll be 13%. It's fantastic. South African right. Capsaps. Noted. Number four is something I started actually drinking during this pandemic. Uh, but alcoholic seltzers. I resisted oh, it. Yeah. I resisted it for a long time. I was like, no, I drink beer. I'm a beer guy. I drink beer. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but I moved to alcoholic seltzers. Uh, and, you know, again, probably my... They're probably, you know, they're number four right now. It's funny because... Recently, probably the things I drink the most, wine and alcoholic seltzers. <laughs> yep. But I put them at five and four. But, yeah, alcoholic seltzers uh, have become a mainstay in my drinking rotation. And I, I just, they're, they go down easy. They, you know, I drank ten last, last, like last Saturday when we, when we were streaming and playing games. Or two Saturdays ago when we were streaming and playing games. And, you know, they just go down so easy. I didn't even feel like I drank ten. So they're, they're dangerous and exciting and all the, all the stuff. And, you know, very, very light, very breezy. Uh, won't make you feel too gross the next day. It's great. Uh, my number three is, I had to give a shout out to this one. And, and, and I'll, I'll, in full honesty, one thing that will never make it on the list, because it is infamous, it will never make it on one of my top five lists, or a top ten, or a top fifty, or a top one hundred list for me, because I cannot have it. But coconut rum. I do not drink coconut <laughs> rum anymore. Everybody's got an alcohol they don't drink anymore because they because they drank too much of it and had a bad experience. Coconut rum is something that I tend to stay away from because it is the easiest hard alcohol that goes down and mistakes were have been made on coconut rum <laughs> and bad times have been had, but really good times, but I don't remember the good times. All I remember is the bad times. So, <laughs> so coconut rum is not on the list, but what does make the list here at number three and you got to give a shout out to it. If you know, you know. Even though they don't have the caffeine in them anymore. Number three, the Four Locos, yep. baby. <laughs> My favorite joke about the Four Locos. It's the best pregame experience. If you're at a tailgate or something about to go into a football game, slam down one of those quickly. And you'll buy one beer for the rest of the game and you'll be lit. You'll be awesome. <laughs> we always we always made the joke is that a four loco costs three dollars. So for three dollars you can be pretty. You can have a nice pregame. For two dollars you can be absolutely wasted. Or, or sorry, for three dollars you can you can have a good pregame. For six dollars you can be absolutely wasted. And for ten dollars you can die. It's awesome. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. I've I had a few times where in the pre where we pregamed and we're drinking four locos and I got ballsy and drank two. And when we were walking to the bars I couldn't see straight. And that's four <laughs> locos for you, baby. So, 
Yes, so four locos have to make on the list. They're in my number three. Number two, uh, very simple, and my dad will give me shit for this, making it on the list. Coke and whiskey. It's my drink of choice if we're out of the bar. You know, just give me a well, give me something. Coke and whiskey. Put a Coke and whiskey on the gun. It's fine. My dad's a big, oh, you can only drink whiskey. Whiskey's just got to be whiskey. Can't make anything sweet. Uh, in this generation anymore, it's not really what it's about. We're we're a we're a sweeter alcoholic beverage kind of generation. There's, you know, sure. we like we like Coke and whiskeys. We like alcoholic seltzers. We like fruity beers. We like strawberry lemonade beer. We like four locos. We like you know it's. Oh, yeah, we care nowadays about how our stuff tastes. So I like Coke and whiskey, and you know, sue me for it. You know, I had a good I had a good so Scotch and cigar. When I went, we went pheasant hunting a few weekends ago, and it was fantastic. And you know, you should never mix scotch with anything. There's whiskeys that you shouldn't mix for sure. But dude, oh, if yeah. I get a if I get a Jack and Coke, perfect. Jack Jack should be mixed. I, if you, my dad drinks Jack straight. Uh, good Disgusting. for you, man. I'm. Oh my god. Oh I hate that. <laughs> I'd much rather drink Crown straight. But either way, I think either of those mix great with a nice Coke. Um, and number one, it's just a classic. You got to go beer. I'm sorry. It's still, it's a great, it's a great experience. And uh, a special shout out at number one for, for the Natter Days. My college career, you know, uh, Natter Days came out, I think a month after we started legally drinking. And I think, I think a month after our junior year. And yeah, they were all sold man, out, remember? Yeah, we had to, we had to, we had to drive around town multiple places and we finally found them and we bought like three cases and in the weekend, we went through the three cases because it was fake Patty's Day. Yeah, that, that was a crazy weekend of parties, too. I yeah, remember that. Was there was like a party on Friday and Saturday that week. Yeah, that was it, was, awesome. it was great. And uh, the best thing you can do is get is, – is, and we did this a lot. And it's a great way to spend a Saturday afternoon or a Friday after everybody's off of classes. Yep. Man, it's – I just miss it. I don't – that's one of those nostalgia things. Uh, but – you get you get your beer, you get your chairs out. You go grab your chairs. Everybody gets out in the front yard. You go and you form a circle. You get some metal darts. You wear some tough. You all wear tennis shoes and preferably jeans, but it, hopefully it's not too cold. But or you just move your legs. But you play beer darts. You throw you throw a dart at a can. You poke you poke a hole in the can with the dart. You get to drink it down to where it, where it goes. You know it's it's the perfect amount of skill and. You're doing stuff, and it's it's a good way to have conversation. You can play music. Everybody can have conversations. Yep. You can, if you want to fuck one person because because you're really mad at them, you know, you can keep throwing the dart at them. It's the perfect mix of every game. You're drinking enough. There's not. It's not slow paced. It's fantastic. You get two darts going if you've got six or more people, and it's and it's mayhem. Yep. And you know, and you're just waiting. That guy bounces one off the top. You got to finish the whole thing. It's fantastic. So yeah. Number one. And then is, eventually when you get too mad, you reach over your buddy sitting next to you if you've got a big enough group and you just stab it. You and just, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you, you, we would get piles of beer cans in the center because that everybody finishes yeah. and you throw it in the center because we're responsible. We recycle and it was, yes, and it's a, it's a fantastic drinking game and it's awesome. But once you're 21, you should do it because you know, I'd wait till I was 21 to have natter days. So you should wait till 21 to start drinking as well. <laughs> It's a good just, point. just like we did, me and Owen, wait until we were twenty-one. Very, very, you know. But yeah, so number five, uh, wine. Number four, alcoholic seltzers. Number three, four locos. Number two, coke and whiskey. And number one, it's just a good beer, man. Whether it's a brewery beer, whether it's a shitty beer, whether it's a strawberry lemonade beer, uh, you know, whatever beer. Number one. 
I'm about yeah. it. Yeah, I'm about that list. That's a good list. Yeah. That about wraps it up for the uh, for the show stuff. Um, uh, real quick, Owen, where are some places that we might be able to find you? If I want more of Owen Dom, where am I finding him? Well, yeah, you can find me on Twitch at Domination7. That's D-A-H-M-I-N-A-T-I-O-N-7. And on Twitter with the same name uh, for my stream, for my personal, uh, still Owen Gosh Domit. That's O-W-E-N-G-O-S-H-D-A-H-M-M-I-T. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at, at OC Dom, so... Nice. And, uh, of course, I've been Truman Steen. You can find me at Twitch and Twitter.com slash Steen Machine. That's S-T-E-E-H-N-M-A-C-H-I-N-E. Uh, if you want my sports betting picks, uh, www.rollingwiththemachine.com. Uh, I'm going to keep on letting them roll for hockey season. I'm a big hockey better. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, so we'll so we'll keep rolling. Um and uh, we do a food podcast. If it's food that you want to hear us talk about, we do a food podcast. We did stuffed crust this weekend. We we compared um, Pizza Pizza Hut and Papa John's stuffed crust on Monday for Grub Buds, which is on my channel at twitch.tv slash steam machine. Also uploaded to Spotify or iTunes, wherever you're listening to this here. But, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. I think that about does it. Owen, let's wrap it up with some pop culture minutes. Yeah, sure. So uh, something that's been going around uh, ever since LeBron James got his most recent NBA ring has been people saying uh, a Mickey Mouse ring to try to discredit the ring. The Mickey Mouse clubhouse. But what I've also seen is people saying Mahomes got a Mickey Mouse ring. And then people are getting Mickey Mouse championships. So the problem is, Truman, I'm fine with people saying Mickey Mouse ring for LeBron. But it can only happen, you can only say Mickey Mouse for LeBron because it happened in Orlando. That's why they call it a Mickey Mouse ring. Because it was in Orlando and that's where Disney is. It's not because of the pandemic. <laughs> Stop. And all these people Mahomes, are just Mahomes, saying. Mahomes got his ring before the. Before the yeah, I know. Yeah, and people say, oh, I don't care if Mahomes gets a Mickey Mouse ring this year. It's not a Mickey Mouse ring. You can't. You, it's not a crossover. It's not. The Mickey right. Mouse is not because of the pandemic, people. Right. Mickey Mouse is because of the location the NBA Finals were played, the NBA playoffs in Orlando. Well, they're, all, well, they're also discrediting it because they don't think it's as legitimate or whatever. Right, but but, but to be but fair, the, also is also nothing happened in the NFL this year that would discredit it. We still traveled right. everywhere. We still played a seventeen game season, and that's, and that's exactly my point: is that people are using the word Mickey Mouse when trying to refer to an illegitimate ring. But they're using it wrong. It can only be used for the NBA playoffs from last year. Yeah, I'm with you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe there isn't as much of a home field advantage or whatever. You don't have to go face Arrowhead in the middle of December or in the middle of January, which is fucking scary. As someone who's participated in right. those crowds, it is it is harder and more harsh and stuff like that. But it's don't discredit the ring that happens this year unless the chiefs don't win it then uh, everybody else want a mickey mouse ring fact obviously yeah. fuck them um <laughs> which uh my pop culture minute is also going to be about mahomes we're really chiefs fans here huh yeah there we go um my is it, it's about a little segment they did on the football broadcast this weekend i put out a tweet about this but guys let's okay so if mahomes doesn't play we don't have to talk about Mahomes. That's okay. We can mention, you can show him on the sideline once or twice. We can talk about it. But the CBS broadcast in the first half talked about Mahomes a lot. They got to the point 
where they talked about Mahomes picking up trash on the sideline. He missed the trash can and picked up the trash and put it back in the trash can. Thank you, CBS. Now everybody knows that Patrick Mahomes picks up trash if he misses it. That was just, that is an insane amount of coverage for Patrick Mahomes. We need to all calm down and recognize when it's getting ridiculous. Because we don't want, Le we don't want Mahomes to turn into what LeBron is on these sports media sites where everybody gets mad that we can only ever talk about LeBron or they only ever talk about LeBron. You can talk about, oh, uh, you know, like they should be talking about Anthony Davis right now. And they talk about Anthony Davis a fair amount, but a lot of times it's in relation to LeBron. But when Patrick Mahomes isn't playing, we should talk about people that aren't Patrick Mahomes. And for the first half of the game, we talked a lot about Patrick Mahomes. We talked about picking up trash. This has gotten too far. We all just need to check ourselves. We're all very excited about it. And while we joke about having Patriots fan energy, we still need to avoid becoming Patriots fans. Okay, guys? Okay? Okay. That's it. That's all I had to talk about. But yeah, totally with you. Kind of ridiculous coverage. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely bonkers. Mickey Mouse coverage by CBS there, I would say. All right. All right. All right. Everybody, enjoy your Chiefs list week. Uh, enjoy nice little playoffs. Uh, you know, we're cheering for uh, anybody except for the Bills and the Ravens. But uh, if the Chiefs lose, I would definitely cheer for the Bills first. Um, but I appreciate you guys making it this far into the episode if you're still here. We're excited to see you next week when we get to break down the Chiefs playoff games. <laughs>